welcome our witness uh, and thank him for appearing today. We will begin by swearing you in. Would you please rise and raise your right hand, Mr. Durham? Do you swear or affirm under penalty of perjury that the testimony you're about to give is true and correct to the best of your knowledge, information, and belief, so help you God? Let the record show that the witness has answered in the affirmative. Thank you. You may, you may be seated. Well, one thing we now know of a surety is that John Durham's a real person. We, he's got a real voice, and he is not a figment of the imagination. Now, I say this because if you recall, or maybe you hadn't noticed, but for several years, we literally had two or three pictures of John Durham that we would use every time referring to him. And I say we, I don't just mean those of us here at BCP Media Studios and our production team, but all of the press. It was the same pictures, the same photo you would see over and over again for years. The joke started to be, is this a real person even? Well, we have that now, that he actually is. I want to show you right now as I'm recording this, they are in recess. There's a break in the hearing that John Durham is having on Capitol Hill today, Wednesday, June 21st. Let me play you a little introduction video and let's get right into some highlights so far. This video was tweeted out earlier this morning by the House Judiciary GOP. It says they all lied to you, hashtag Durham. They're doing it to try to influence the election for Donald Trump. 17 of our intelligence agencies have confirmed to influence our election. There's ample evidence that was known long before the election and even in most cases long before October. Other experts are now saying that they are the Russians are releasing these emails for the purpose of actually helping Donald Trump. Uh, but there's no question any longer the Russians uh, actively interfered in our election to help Donald Trump. Uh, there is no hoax. I think there's plenty of evidence of collusion or conspiracy in plain sight. A lot of things have an impact on the election. This certainly was one of them. It was ordered by Vladimir Putin. He sought to help Donald Trump and to take down Hillary Clinton. New documents released by the Justice Department are giving us more information about the infamous Steele dossier. The document was compiled by former British spy Christopher Steele and alleged that the Trump campaign was coordinating with Russia. Have you seen any evidence that this dirt, these emails, were ever given to the Trump campaign? Not so far. Candidate Trump was not the, the subject of that investigation. We didn't know whether we had anything. Special counsel Robert Mueller has been appointed to investigate whether the Trump campaign conspired with Russian operatives. We found uh, insufficient uh, evidence of uh, the president's culpability. Igor Denshenko is accused of lying to the FBI and he's facing felony charges. CBS News confirms the Democratic Party and Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign help pay for controversial research into President Trump's ties to Russia. The DNC and Clinton sources have denied any knowledge of any connection to Fusion GPS. A giant and very dangerous hoax. That's how Donald Trump described the Russia collusion probe after special counsel John Durham released his final report this week. Now, for those of you listening on the BCP podcast, not watching the visual, the video obviously is showing sound bites from the lies that we've heard over the years about the Russian collusion hoax. And then it goes right into showing the uh, also brain-riddled Robert Mueller and his hearings and the findings of the Mueller report and then the 
beginning of the Durham uh, indictments and the Durham probe, which, of course, showed that, in fact, the whole Russian collusion hoax is just that. And then now we have this recently published, albeit super late, with no teeth to it, really, report, conclusive report by John Durham that the entire thing was a hoax, like we've known for the last four or five years already. Okay, so now let's get into some highlights of the first part of, as the time I'm recording this, they're in the middle of a break, as I said previously, some highlights from John Durham. Now, I want to start off with this exchange that special counsel John Durham had with Tennessee Democrat Representative Steve Cohen. Because you're going to see here that years later, the Democrats once again show they don't care about the truth. They don't care about justice. They don't care about the law process. They don't care about innocent until proven guilty. They care about a narrative. And some Democrats, even years later, like Steve Cohen of Tennessee, have what I would call a terminal case of Trump derangement syndrome. And they want their entire they want the entire world in the United States to see how bad their TDS is. If you aren't aware of what TDS looks like, let me show you a prime example. Mr. Durham, you were appointed by whom? Um, it was President Trump at the time. Mr. Trump appointed you. You believe Mr. Trump has pretty good judgment on people, their abilities, and their character? I'm not going to characterize um, Mr. Trump or my thoughts about Mr. Trump. All right, so that little back and forth about some of the details of the report. But I want to show you the end of this exchange as Steve Cohen put up on his Twitter. This is what he wants you to see. If, if you were only to watch Steve Cohen's edit of his exchange with John Durham, this is what you would see on Steve Cohen's Twitter and the video he put up on Twitter. My assignment was to look at the conduct of the intelligence community agencies. Well, I've tried to follow your report. Mr. Donald Trump Jr. would have called it a, a nothing burger. Mm -hmm. You got no convictions. You got nothing. It was all set up to hurt the Mueller report, which was correct and was redacted, to hurt the Bidens and to help Trump. And you were a part of it. You had a good reputation. That's why the two Democrats supported you. But the longer you hold on to Mr. Barr and this report that Mr. Barr gave you as special counsel, your reputation will be damaged. As everybody's reputation who gets involved with Donald Trump is damaged, he's damaged goods. There's no good dealing with him because you will end up on the bottom of a pyre. I yield back the balance of my time. So sounds like Steve Cohen got the last word showing that John Durham, that his reputation is going to be scarred, smeared, and disregarded in the annals of history because of his association with President Trump and having been commissioned by President Trump and his then Attorney General Bill Barr into this sham. That's what Steve Cohen would have you believe. He even tweeted out, the Durham report was a total nothing burger. Both trials ended with acquittals. It was just a calculated attempt to discredit the Mueller report and politically, politically pop up Trump. 
by clinging to a Durham wrist, whatever reputation he has left. But what Steve Cohen did not put in his tweet and did not put in his video is what happened after Steve Cohen thought that he had a mic drop moment on John Durham. But of course, I'm going to show that to you now. Your reputation will be damaged. As everybody's reputation who gets involved with Donald Trump is damaged, he's damaged goods. There's no good dealing with him because you will end up on the bottom of a pyre. I yield back the balance of my time. Sure. My, Can we uh, presume the gentleman's undecided on, on how he feels about the pre former president? Gentlemen, witness can respond. Yeah, my uh, concern about my reputation is with uh, the people who I respect and my family and my Lord. And I'm perfectly comfortable with my reputation with them, sir. Well said. God bless you. Um, the, um, the, 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 the chair recognizes the gentleman from Wisconsin, uh, Mr. Fitzgerald. Jim Jordan, the chair, giving John Durham an opportunity to respond to Representative Steve Cohen. And as you heard there, John Durham doesn't care about the reputation from the deep state. He cares about his reputation with those he respects and his Lord. He gets a God bless you from Jim Jordan and applause from many of those in attendance. I just wish John Durham had acted quicker, more decisively, and had done things when President Trump was still president. And maybe he could have gotten some convictions from those early indictments. Now I've got some more highlights and exchanges that Durham had with Nadler and Schiff, which are entertaining and insightful. But let's back up a second and start from the very beginning and listen to what John Durham had to say in his opening statement. Do you swear or affirm under penalty of perjury that the testimony you're about to give is true and correct to the best of your knowledge, information, and belief, so help you God? Let the record show that the witness has answered in the affirmative. Thank you. You may, you may be seated. Please know that your written testimony will be entered into the record in its entirety. Accordingly, we ask that you summarize your testimony in five minutes, but we'll give you a little extra time if you need it. Mr. Durham, you may begin. Hit your mic there, Mr. Durham, and just, just keep it on if you can throughout the, throughout the day. Oh, is it on? Yep, it's on now. Thank you. Again, uh, good morning, um, <coughs> Chairman Jordan, Ranking Member Nadler, and members of uh, this committee. As the committee knows, on May 13th, 2019, Attorney General Barr directed me to conduct a preliminary review into certain matters related to federal investigations concerning the 2016 presidential election campaigns. That review subsequently um, developed into several criminal investigations and gave rise to my subsequent appointment as special counsel in these matters. Many of the most significant issues documented in the report that we have written, including those relating to lack of investigative uh, discipline, failure to take logistical and logical investigative steps, and bias are re uh, relevant to important national security interests that this committee and American people are concerned about. If repeated and left unaddressed, these issues could result in significant national security risks and further erode the public's faith and confidence in our justice system. I think it's safe to say, and perhaps I'm preaching to the choir here, that our confidence in the justice system is completely eroded. Just, it's been a death by a thousand cuts. 
We see over the last several years, nothing has happened to Hunter Biden. And finally, when we get news of Hunter Biden yesterday, what did we get? Slap on the wrist and diversion for his gun charge. We know that they want to move quickly. John Durham did not move quickly. And he didn't get those indictments. Perhaps he might have gotten earlier. We know when they move quickly against President Trump that we can lose confidence because it is political persecution. Whether they're sham impeachments or the sham indictments we're seeing in New York that we're seeing in the, at the federal level with special counsel Jack Smith, that surely moved quickly. But Hunter Biden, like I said, takes a long time. Durham takes a long time and nothing happens of it. But I think our justice system and our erosion in the faith that anything would happen, I would say probably happened when Joe Biden was erroneously and fraudulently certified as the winner of the 2020 presidential election and no courts heard cases or looked into the allegations, which are true, of the stolen election of 2020. I think by that point, at least here, my faith was fully eroded, or at least 85 to 90%. What are your thoughts? Share with them, share them with me and those of our community down below on Locals, Patreon, or on any platform you may be listening to this on, on the BCP podcast that allows you to make comments. As we said in the report, um, our findings were sobering. I can tell you, having spent 40 years plus as a federal prosecutor, they were particularly sobering to me. A number of my colleagues who uh, spent decades in the FBI themselves, they were sobering. While I'm encouraged by some of the reforms that have been implemented by the FBI, the problems identified in this report, anybody who actually reads the report and the details of the report, the documented portions of the report, I think would, uh, would find that um, the problems identified in the report are not susceptible to overnight fixes. As we said in the report, they cannot be addressed solely by enhancing training or additional policy requirements. Rather, what is required is accountability, both in terms of the standards to which our law enforcement personnel uh, hold themselves and in the consequences they face for violation of laws and policies of relevance. John Durham hit it on the head there. That is why we've lost all confidence. It's not because we need new rules and laws and regulations. It's because we have a two-tier justice system where the law is not applied and there are no consequences for these deep state, treasonous, traitorous, rat bastards and all of their machinations, all of their skullduggery, all of their lies, such a fusion, every other fraudulent, sneaky, dishonest, unethical, illegal actions they've taken against President Trump, we the people, innocent January 6th protesters, and others in the name of the establishment, the cabal, whatever you want to call them. Durham hit the nail on the head there. There have been no consequences. There has been no one paying the price. And that is why our confidence is fully eroded. And even though it may not seem possible, 
continues to erode further. There have been no consequences. There have been no accountability for these bastards that continue in our face, whether their name is Jack Smith, Joe Hunter Biden, or a myriad of other players that continue to, f- to flaunt in our face their lawlessness. I'm here to answer your questions. I appreciate the opportunity to. I'll answer them to the best of my ability. And I hope to be of service to your oversight function. As I'm sure you know, the Department of Justice um, has issued some guidelines as to what I'm authorized to discuss and those things that I am not authorized to discuss. In this regard, uh, accordingly, I'll refer principally to the report. I do want to emphasize a few points at the outset, however. First, I want to emphasize in the strongest terms possible that my colleagues and I carried out our work in good faith, with integrity and in the spirit of following the facts wherever they lead without fear or favor. At no time and in no sense did we act with a purpose to further partisan or political ends to the extent that somebody suggests otherwise that's simply untrue and offensive. As I showed you, Steve Cohen does that later. This is the opening statement. This is the very beginning. But John Durham's a smart guy. He knows that he's sitting there with partisan Democrats that were going to make this all about Trump and that they said the report is all in favor of Trump or what have you. And even though he said that in the beginning, as I showed you already, Steve Cohen's TDS had the shine through. And we also already heard Durham's very respectful and right response to his future reputation. John Durham's a smart guy. I really wish he had been unleashed. Second, the findings set forth in this report are serious and deserve attention from the American public and its representatives. Let me just briefly highlight a few of those. For one, we found troubling violations of law and policy in the conduct of highly consequential investigations directed at members of a presidential campaign and ultimately a presidential administration. To me, it matters not whether it was a Republican campaign or a Democrat campaign. It was a presidential campaign. Our team comprised dedicated and experienced prosecutors and law enforcement agents who worked day in and day out through the entire um, COVID epidemic in the office trying to interview people, all in an effort to try to get to those facts and the ground truth. That serves as a reminder that one of the reasons supposedly that this took so long to get was because it was hard for them to get interviews and meet people and get things done during the pandemic. Yet another advantage to the deep state, the globalists, the enemies of America, in unleashing this bioweapon, the COVID-19, and its bioweapon counterpart, the uh, COVID-19 vaccine, making people sick, putting us under lockdowns or whatever. It also served to play a large role in the delay and the postponing and the slowdown of the Durham probe slash investigation. That such a group of people made these findings, experienced FBI agents, experienced prosecutors, not people by and large from Washington, but from other parts of the country. The fact that these people made these findings, as reflected in the report, um, is of concern um, and should be of concern to any American who cares about our civil liberties, 
the rule of law, and the just and proportionate application of the law to all of us. Whether we're friends or we're foes, the law ought to apply to everybody in the same way. Of course, that line being delivered by John Durham today, Wednesday, the day after we reported and the story broke about the sweetheart deal that Hunter Biden got. I mean, literally, tons of people go to prison and jail for the gun charge that Hunter Biden is getting a diversion on. Do do any of you within the sound of my voice have any confidence in the Department of Justice, in Merrick Garland, and the FBI? Are any of you optimistic that we can actually turn this around? If you are, put down why you are. Not just that you are, but why. Maybe you can help the rest of us out. Maybe we're missing something that you see that we don't. Oh, and by the way, I may offend a couple of you when I say this. Don't tell me it's just your faith in some plan that they've been talking about for several years. Oh, it's because you don't understand, James. There's a plan. No. Okay, if there's a plan, what evidence do you have of that plan? And why would this plan work by... I mean, it, it's really a, a, a twisted mind effect. And I love you, my brothers and sisters, who may feel this way. But it really is naive and a twisted mind effect at this point to think that all of this bad is happening so we can see how bad it is. I think we pretty damn well know how bad it is. And we want it fixed. If you've got optimism... Tell me why you're optimistic down below. Optimistic that we can turn this around and have justice again in the Justice Department. Another aspect of our findings concern the FBI's failure to sufficiently scrutinize information it received or to apply the same standards to allegations it received about the Clinton and Trump campaigns. As our report details, the FBI was uh, too willing to accept and use politically funded and uncorroborated Uh, opposition research, such as the Steele dossier. The FBI relied on the dossier and FISA applications, knowing there was uh, likely um, material originating from a political campaign, a political opponent. It did so even after the President of the United States, the FBI and CIA directors and others received briefings about intelligence suggesting that there was a Clinton campaign plan underway to stir up a scandal tying Trump to Russia. The accuracy of the intelligence was uncertain at the time, but the FBI failed to analyze or even assess the implications of the intelligence in any meaningful way. John Durham is obviously downplaying this. They weren't warned that there may be intelligence coming out that is coming from the Clinton camp. Obama knew, Biden knew, everybody knew that this was a smear job and they mobilized the intelligence community and the Federal Bureau of Investigation to assist in this. It wasn't just turning a blind eye or being loose with the facts and the rules. It was an active participation by the Department of Justice and the Federal Bureau of Investigation to assist Hillary Clinton and going after Trump so she could win, and then when she lost as reprisal against the president-elect Trump and then President Trump. Durham's a little soft here, but once again, he's trying to be apolitical about this. 
Finally, I would like to add that although our work exposed uh, deep concerns um, concerning facts about the conduct of these investigations, our report should not be read to suggest in any way that Russian election interference was not a significant threat. It was. <laughs> Nor should it be read to suggest that the investigation, um, the investigative authorities at issue uh, no longer serve important law enforcement and national security interests. They do. Rather, responsibility for the failures and transgressions that occurred here rests with the people who committed them or allowed them to occur. All right. Again, Durham trying to be non-political here, saying, look, these people committed wrongdoing. It doesn't mean that Russia wasn't trying to do its thing and that there weren't other concerns that the deep state used as cover for their skullduggery. All right, so that's what I wanted to show you as far as the opening statement. Let's get into some interesting things. Let's start off with Nadler, who tried to make a point about the length of the investigation and try to make a point that it was fruitless. And once again, like we just heard Durham say, it's the people who did the wrong within the FBI and the DOJ that should be held accountable for their actions. And that's the whole thing. They weren't held accountable because the whole system is corrupt. Ms. Durham, your investigation cost more than $6.5 million, involved the work of dozens of FBI employees and federal prosecutors, some of whom resigned in protest and took roughly four years to complete. Is that correct? No. It's not correct. No, I mean, there were multiple did, parts of that. Did it take four years to complete? Correct. Okay. I love how Democrat Nadler and others are always concerned about how much is spent and how much time it takes and the resources used to investigate their friends and counterparts, but are mums the word when it comes to other government waste and spending. And actually, a four-year investigation that only took $6 million, that's actually, sounds to me, the way Washington works, that, that's an average of a million and a half a year for this investigation. That sure is a hell of a lot less than they spent on the Mueller investigation, which didn't take as long. Okay. And with all these resources and all these people you, you were sent to help you investigate the investigators, you only filed three criminal cases. You only brought two cases to trial, correct? Correct. And you lost all the cases you brought to trial, correct? Correct. In fact, two juries acquitted your defendants on all charges. And the one conviction that you obtained, the defendant pleaded guilty to a single count that never went to trial, correct? Correct. I will note that in that case, the primary investigative steps were all completed by Inspector General Horowitz. Perhaps you were better when it came to your report. From my reading, your report did not make any specific concrete recommendations to improve DOJ or FBI policies or procedures. In fact, your report repeatedly references the recommendations made by Inspector General Horowitz almost all of which DOJ and FBI have already implemented. Again, your investigation lasted four years. Four years in untold sums of money, and you still obtained only one conviction. You did produce a 300-page report, though, and that's given my Republican counterparts plenty of material to spin. Nadler is despicable. He really is a despicable individual. A report just gives the Republicans more fodder and things to spin. It's, a, it's, a, it's an incredible argument to say that the you just showed that the system is corrupt and they don't follow the rules and regulations that they're already set in place. Therefore, it's not corrupt. That's essentially what Nadler is saying. 
He's saying, well, Horowitz and your report says that we don't need any new rules and what have you. The rules are already in place. Therefore, it's a nothing burger. This whole thing is a waste of time. It's a waste of time because those same rules and regulations and procedures and laws were flaunted, not followed, broken, and violated. It's an amazing argument to say that because there's rules in place and those rules weren't followed, that is proof that you're wasting your time and that the rules work. Man, are these people evil. Now, one person that tried to play tough with John Durham and didn't necessarily get away with it was Adam Schiff, the serial liar and a absolutely key role in the entire continuation and extension of the Russian collusion hoax lie. He had people, a reminder, he had all of his friends and colleagues in skiffs under perjury. They were all asked, did you see evidence of Russian collusion? They all said no on the record. But when they were done with that, and we didn't see it for years, they were out there like Adam Schiff on the news, out there saying, well, we've seen all kinds of information. But on the record, they all said they saw nothing. Luckily, we had Rick Grinnell later who released all of that stuff, and we were able to see it. But by that time, uh, by that time of course, it was too late. The damage had been done. And let me remind you something else, which we'll get into here in a moment. Adam Schiff has fallen for, I believe more than once, pranksters and hoaxers calling him with dirt, and he's fallen for this. Famous Russian uh, uh, or Ukrainian pranksters and others have, have infiltrated him and uh, have, have made him on record willing to cooperate with foreigners to get information. Of course, these are just pranksters, like radio pranksters. But it shows you where his heart and intention is. Remember that as you listen to and watch this. The son of a presidential candidate gets calls all the time from a foreign government offering dirt on their opponent. Is that what you're saying? I don't think this is unique in your experience. Uh, so you, uh, you have other instances of the Russian government offering dirt. That's right. Adam Schiff saying that, oh, no, the, the Don Jr. was willing to receive some information from some foreign people. And John Durham uh, saying, yeah, you're very familiar with that, uh, aren't you? And he's referring to this, where Russian comedians Vladimir Kiazetsov and Alexei Stolyarov prank call Adam Schiff and offer him dirt as Russians. Here's a quick reminder of that. Hi. All right. I'm going to put Mr. Schiff on the phone, and then I guess are you going to transfer him to Mr. Parubi? Yes, of course. Great. Thank you. Hi. How are you? Hello, Mr. Schiff. Thank you for your time. Uh, thank you, Chairman. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak with you. The son of a presidential candidate gets calls all the time from a foreign government offering dirt on their opponent. Is that what you're saying? I don't think this is unique in your experience. Hello, Mr. Schiff. Thank you for your time. Uh, thank you, Chairman. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak with you. All right, so it's pretty obvious that the Nadlers, the Steve Cohens, and the Adam Schiffs were trying to character assassinate John Durham. 
and protect the establishment, the deep state, whatever you want to call them, who are working against us throughout the halls of Congress, Senate, and the alphabet agencies. And the sad thing is that when it comes to congressional hearings, especially in the age of Trump and beyond, this is the norm, as pointed out by Representative Tom McClintock. Mr. McClintock is recognized for five minutes. First of all, Mr. Durham, I apologize for the personal attacks that have been leveled upon you by uh, uh, sources on the other side of the aisle. This is what they do. This is how they argue. So we've gotten used to it, and I hope you will, too, at some point. I'm sorry, Representative McClintock. I don't believe we should get used to this. I think we should be outraged and upset that partisanship trumps, pun intended, civility and doing your job of representing the people and getting down to business and to the ethical and fair application of the law and the justice system. I don't think it's a sad place when we would just accept this level of partisanship and personal attacks as just par for course. By the way, I asked you folks uh, a little while ago in this episode if you have any optimism that we can turn the ship around. I've decided the last clip I'm going to play in this episode may give you some evidence for those of you who are optimistic. Just keep that in mind as we get close to the end of this episode. By the way, folks, uh, the, the clips I'm showing you right now are from the first part of the hearing with John Durham. In the next episode, we'll probably cover more clips if there was juicy, other juicy tidbits in the second part of this hearing. But let's uh, let's go on to this interesting exchange between Tom McClintock and John Durham. The central charge in the Russian collusion hoax was that um, Trump campaign operatives were in contact with Russian intelligence sources. Were Clinton campaign operatives in contact with Russian intelligence sources? Uh, that's beyond the scope of our report. Um, I can only speak to the former, and the former is there was uh, no such evidence. Um, as we report in, in the report, there was a... Well, was, was, Danchenko, was Danchenko a Russian intelligence source? Um, Mr. Danchenko had been investigated uh, by the FBI um, for espionage. They closed the case when they mistakenly thought he had left the country. Um, Mr. Danchenko's um, status in connection with that espionage matter was never resolved uh, by the Bureau. The Bureau, in fact, never uh, opened it. And he was the source for, for much of the Steele dossier. He said that he was responsible for 80% of the intelligence in the dossier. And, and who, commissioned, who commissioned the Steele dossier? Um, the Steele dossier was done by uh, Fusion GPS, who was hired by Perkins Coie, who represented the Clinton um, campaign. The reason why I want to include this here is because as smart as John Durham is, he had to stick to the report and his investigation. And Tom McClintock is making the valid point that there was no Russian collusion by the Trump campaign, but there sure as hell was Russian collusion by the Clinton campaign. I think this is a very important point that 
is often forgotten. Yes, there was no Russian collusion from Trump. But there's always been Russian collusion from the Clinton side. Whether it was Uranium One or, or Andor, I should say, the 2016 election. I like how McClintock uses, he knows what Durham can and cannot say, but he beautifully crafts the narrative and brings John Durham along this journey of making it very obvious that the Russian collusion that did exist in 2016 was from the Clinton side of the election, the Democrat side of the election. So yes, there was Russian collusion, folks. It just wasn't on the Trump side, as we've always known. I don't know, I just found this back and forth and this way of Tom McClintock rolling and this out with John Durham, I personally found it in, in the, I would put it in the brilliant to very savvy column when it comes to congressional hearings. So, so what, what role did the Clinton campaign play in this hoax? What, I'm sorry, did they what, play? What, what role did the Clinton campaign play in this hoax? Um, the Clinton campaign um, um, funded the work, the opposition research that was done by Fusion GPS and GPS um, uh, paid Mr. Steele uh, for the uh, dossier. And, and who in the Clinton campaign uh, approved that relationship? Um, well, we uh, lay some of that out uh, in, the, in the report. I think it was um, uh, Mr. Elias, who was general counsel uh, to the campaign, who um, engaged the services of G uh, Fusion GPS. Mr. Jordan referenced the Clinton plan intelligence. Uh, exactly what was the Clinton plan? Um, based on declassified documents that in, the, in the public record, there was intelligence information that um, was received uh, at virtually the same time that the information came from, um, from the Australians, I mean, within a day or two. Uh, that intelligence in, included information that there was a uh, purported plan um, designed by um, one of Mrs. Clinton's foreign policy advisors uh, to create a scandal tying Donald Trump uh, to the Russians. That's the essence of the uh, intelligence as contained in the uh, declassified uh, information. Of course, it's classified information and other knowledge that John Durham has that he can't share here. Great job by Tom McClintock. Not just Russian collusion, but collusion with other people, for instance, Australians and what have you. Foreign collusion by the Clinton people to try to pin foreign collusion on President Trump. And here's where I think um, Representative McClintock's brilliance really pays off. He reminds us and shows us once again that they all knew that everyone was in on this all the way to the top. President Obama, the president at the time, this entire machine was getting in gear and in gear to crush Donald John Trump. Did the president receive this intelligence? Um, on August 3rd of 2016, uh, then-Director Brennan had uh, briefed the President, Vice President, um, Director of National Intelligence, the FBI, the Attorney General, and others. When you say the FBI, you mean Mr. Comey? 
Um, they had, on August 3rd, it was um, conducted at the White House, so it was Director Comey himself. So Mr. Comey knew about this, President Obama knew about this, Vice President Biden knew about this. Um, but um, it wasn't provided to the agents uh, uh, on the case or, or provided to the secret uh, FISA court, is that correct? That's correct. Why wasn't it? Well, we can tell you what the facts are. Um, and people can draw their own conclusions from that. The conclusion is very easy to draw, especially given what happened over the last couple of days. Joe Biden was in on it from the very beginning and continues via the same Obama people continues to be in on it today. And that is the persecution and the weaponization of the entire federal government against Donald John Trump and his supporters. Oh, the names of me have changed. It was James Comey back then. It's Christopher Ray today. It was Loretta Lynch back then who covered for, along with James Comey, covered for Clinton. Today it's Merrick Garland covering for Hunter Biden and going after Trump. John Durham doesn't have to draw the conclusion. The facts speak for themselves. And let me play this last portion of this exchange between McClintock and Durham. Going back to the Steele dossier, We've known this for a very long time, that in fact, this was and continues to be one big giant hoax. Uh, the Steele dossier was entered in the congressional record. Was it true? That's, I'm sorry, the Steele dossier? The Steele dossier was, it was entered into our congressional record. Was it true? There is not a single substantive piece of information in the dossier that has ever been corroborated by the FBI or, to my knowledge, anyone else. You mentioned that the FISA court uh, criticized the misleading and, and false information that was used to request the FISA warrants, but did the FISA court hold anyone in contempt for that? Uh, not to my knowledge. Did they apply any sanctions to anyone responsible for that? Um, not to my knowledge. They did, did they even yell at anybody? They, they issued an appropriately harsh uh, memo um, talking about what the expectation is um, when a document is submitted to that court, that it be uh, truthful and accurate and complete. Um, and that was the expectation, is the expectation. Gentleman yields back. They've known the whole time this thing was a hoax. But of course, once again, my theme for the last several years has been, doesn't matter what we know if no one pays the price. And no one's paid the price. So the hoax continues. So I asked you, do you have any confidence that we can right the ship of the FBI and the DOJ? Let me play you one last clip from Durham for those of you that are grasping at anything to give you hope. Let me play the clip and then I'll give you my analysis as a final thought. Mr. Durham, in your report, and again here today, you said that your findings and conclusions are sobering. Could you unpack a little bit more what that means? Why do you say sobering? Well, let me, let me um, give you some real-life um, views on that. I have had um, any number of FBI agents um, who I've worked with over the years, some of them are retired, some are still in place, who have come to me and apologized for the manner in which uh, that investigation was undertaken. I take that seriously. These are good, hard-working, the majority of people in the FBI, decent human beings who swear to, uh, under their oaths to... Uh, abide by the law and, and the like. And uh, I think that, that uh, typifies, exemplifies of, uh, the, of the concern here. Um, there, is, uh, there are investigative activities undertaken or not undertaken here 
uh, which raised real concerns about whether or not the law was followed, the policies in place, the FBI were followed. Durham is telling us that there are some good people, honorable people in the Department of Justice and the FBI. And they are just as dismayed as we are about what's going on there. That's all I can offer you, folks. That the hope of the FBI and the DOJ is to... Uh, well, I, I'm not on YouTube, so I guess I can just say this without... Uh, you have to forgive me, folks. I've, after being on YouTube for seven years and all of a sudden not being on there, I love the unfiltered ability. Now, this show has been around for... This is our third season. It's been around since March 1st. 2021. But sometimes I've got to do a little bit uh, in my head going, wait a minute, I'm not on YouTube. I can just, like, I really can just say what I want to say. We've got to cut it off at the head, right? Figuratively speaking, if you want to take it that way, but it's the head, it's the top of the FBI and the DOJ that's corrupt, but the nuts and bolts, the people down rank, the rank and file, they are for the most part honorable people. I believe that. Except it's it's systemic, meaning that those people are always left at mid-levels and then they get the evil, wicked, vile, corrupt, those people that they can control, that are perhaps pedophiles, deviants, and others. They use those people to do their bidding at the mid-level and then they promote them eventually, or some of them. So the hope of the FBI and the DOJ, of course, would be to get rid of everyone at the top and let the good people in the middle run the ship. The million dollar, the billion dollar, the trillion dollar question is how do you do that without a revolution? I'm curious to see what your thoughts are. Thanks for being here, folks. Uh, once again, I anticipate that if we've got some good, spicy, juicy stuff from the second half of this hearing, I'll present that to you in the next episode. Once again, thanks for your being here, for your support of the show, monetary support by being a subscriber and supporter. Please don't forget to pick up some merch and to check out Junior and Juniorette's YouTube channel. It used to be called the BCP Report, but I've given it over to them. It is now called Nothing But The News, and they are doing a great job in growing that channel. Please support them. The links to everything are down below. Until the next one, please receive a big warm hug from me virtually now. And if you ever see me, make sure you get it in person. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye. God bless.